Hey, welcome to episode nine of Tangible Takeaways. Uh, I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to tell you why we should be a little bit less like floodlights and more like cracks in a doorway. And I'm Jody, and I'm just going to give you some really practical beginning points. Where do you start in this whole process of walking in the light? Perfect. All that and more in this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode nine of Tangible Takeaways. So good to have you on, Jody. Uh, we're here in, this is my first time being on Tangible Takeaways since we've gotten into our new series. Yeah, uh, what's well, my love, first real time life. Your first ever. time ever. So this is a lot of firsts here There's a lot of in firsts. episode nine. The so, ninth episode of firsts. Yes, yes. Trinity welcome, of Trinity. Welcome to the very last single digit episode I'm of Tangible Takeaways. Glad I could close it out. Yeah, it's an honor. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure this will be the last one. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Uh, so in this new series, we're talking about, uh, we're in First John, obviously a big metaphor that we're looking at. Uh, and we're almost kind of divvying up certain themes that are much broader themes throughout the letter to yeah. specific passages. Yeah. So this theme of being in the light and like God being the light and us being honest and transparent in him. I mean, it's rich all throughout John. Uh, I mean, even if you go back to his gospel, it's mm -hmm. all up in there as well. Yeah. So um, let's just unpack a little bit. What is John talking about when he's talking about the light? I feel like we tend to think, you know, maybe the the fluorescent light in my office space or the flashlight on my phone. But like, what is he what is he talking about? Yeah, well, one of the things that I love about John, whether we're looking at first John or even the gospel, John is where the, the other gospel writers kind of begin with this genealogy in Matthew and Luke. Yeah. And, you know, Mark kind of picks up with the action there. John goes back even to creation, right? So all the way, we see him point back to in the beginning. We see that in John, we see that in, in Genesis. And then here in first John, we see him kind of do the same. He's pulling across this idea of light, and he's going to talk about this idea of light and darkness. Yeah. Walking in the light, walking in the darkness. Very similar to that. And then God separated, and God light, separated and light and darkness in creation. Right? And so I think I think one of the the maybe the obvious ob, you know the, the clear observation here that we maybe miss is that there's a distinction mm. in how we're to live. That there is a distinction between walking in the darkness and walking in light. And sometimes we just think good and bad. Yeah. Right? Oh, he's a good person. Or or how many Christians do you know that are our lost friends or those who don't aren't believers, they just know us to be good. Mm. Yeah, they're really nice. Almost kind of like a Star Wars thing, light side, yeah. dark side. Right, light right? side, dark side. You've got the good guys and the bad you guys. Good guys and bad guys. And I think when we get to this uh, particular passage here in First John, we find that there's more to it than that, right? Mm. He begins, and I love, he says, hey, look, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, mm. right? So he's saying, look, this isn't just me talking about it. I'm not just saying this. I'm telling you, we're telling you what we know to be true. Yeah. And uh, and and specifically how Christ, again, going back to the gospel of John, he is the light. And if we as believers in Christ are going to live in such a way that we have been called to do so, it means that we're going to reflect that 
in how we live, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it is interesting. There's a lot of callbacks to the gospel in that metaphor. In Jesus saying in that gospel, I am the light of the world. Yeah. But then also you go a little bit later and now Jesus is talking about abiding in him, right? right. Which is being in, in the, the light, light right? Yep. So it's like, it's almost like this is, there's almost an expectation from John that you're familiar with his gospel right. as he's writing these letters, right? It's it's almost like this is this is these are kind of the sequels to what came before yeah. in a lot of ways because it's building. And I think sometimes um, sometimes we do ourselves a disservice because we don't. We I'll put it this way: I did a we were at camp, high school camp, and I was doing a, a, a workshop with our students on how to study the Bible. Mm and like understand it. And one of the things I told them is we have to be careful. We don't avoid the mistake of just reading the small section. Yeah. Right. Or we've got our coffee cup verses or our bumper stickers or yeah. our Christian t-shirts. I can do all right? things. Right. All, all things your Christ strengthens me. And not read what comes before that about, yeah. you know, which is not great. Or Jeremiah, God knows the plans I have for you. It's yeah. an amazing verse. Sure. Yeah. God does. But they're also about to be delivered into captivity for a while. A long time. A long, very long time. A long right? time. And, and so I think even in... Uh, even in reading the New Testament, sometimes we miss these larger threads because we get so focused in on like a certain passage or a certain mm. place. Mm. And we miss the beauty of of what we find in the whole council of Scripture. Kind of the meta-narrative that's happening right? there. And so when you read John 1, the Gospel of John, it should echo back to the pages of Genesis. That's intentional in his mm-hmm. part. And I think in the same way he does it here in the epistle, where he's echoing back to his gospel, which then carries us even further back. And I think when we when we begin to back away and look at the whole of Scripture, and we begin to study it across the Scriptures, man, it should it should excite us. Yeah, it excites me. Yeah, right? to see that cohesion cohesion across so many time so much time right but then right. also so many different moments like when you yeah. think about captivity and exile and the second temple period right like so many different moments yet all throughout those moments somehow still a cohesion right and there also is something i think even helpful in studying the bible to understand that there's a logic to the bible a logic yes. that carries from genesis to revelation and themes that you can continue to rely upon book to book to book right so once you start to see those things now when you hit this moment when you hit something that says like light like be in the light in first john right it creates all these echoes in your mind rippling back through scripture of man there's all these instances where god is light where jesus is light and we're called to abide in him and god's people are called to live in a unique way even that god's expectation of the nation of israel that they would be a light to the nation right like there's don't hide it under a bushel. Yeah. No. No. Right? Let it shine. Yeah. I'm Let gonna, it shine. Let it right? shine. No one yeah. takes the lampstand. And I, I think that again, here we find John almost reiterating, emphasizing, reminding mm. the reader that you know, I, I told you this before, right? Jesus taught on this before that we are a city on a hill. And, and and no one lights a candle to cover it. Yeah. Right. And neither have we. So in the same way then that 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 John is saying to to the audience, like we're telling you what we've seen and heard. We're declaring this to you. Yeah. You then, as the light, are to walk in it, reflect it to those around, and tell the people in your world mm. the same way. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything comes back to mission. Yeah. That's a really interesting thing, too, in the mission perspective, because I think that uh, when we're talking light, the first thing that we think about is like, 
almost like carrying a torch or something, yeah. right? Or in our modern day context, a flashlight. Like we're thinking about like, I'm carrying, it's me carrying a flashlight into dark context, which is great. Like that's a great image of what the mission of the gospel is to bring, you know, light to dark places and to lost people. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not John's concept of light, you right. know, right? Like his, even, even where he's at in time, it, light is a very like fixed thing. It's not portable, right? Like maybe there's like some candle action going on, right? Where, but like, you're not moving that candle around. You've got some like set stuff in your home to bring light to your home, but that's about it. And otherwise the light of the sun, like you're either in it or you're not. Right. And there's this kind of, um, I think when we're talking about real love, real life, that's what I love about this series is it's focus on like, let's be, let's live in reality. And even this abiding in the light, it's about like being where the light is. Like mm -hmm. the light that mm -hmm. John's talking about here is almost kind of like a street light, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's stuck in the ground. It's not going anywhere. So you're either in that circle of light that it casts or you're not. Right. And that's, and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. This is kind of the thing with light is with being in the light. So it doesn't make your life easier, but sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it makes life simpler right. because you're in the light, right? And so there's this, uh, it's it's fixed. And I think that's so important because we're so prone to say, great, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Now I'm just gonna go run and do whatever I want. And don't worry, I got a flashlight, right? right? And it's like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not the light. Yeah. The light is something that you're in, it's set, and it's you being in it that is now communicating missionally. Well, and it's right? very exposing. Yeah. Like there's an element to that where it's very exposing, where yeah. you can't hide things. Yeah. And which as a believer, you know, means that we continually walk in repentance. As yeah. those things are exposed and noticed and seen, mm. then we're going we're gonna to come back to him in repentance. We're going to yeah. ask for that forgiveness over and over. So there's almost this element. When we look across the... I mean, in First John here, obviously, which is where we are, yeah. I think this element, this idea of being in the light versus in the darkness is is obviously what John is emphasizing. And he goes further into that. We get to that in the, yeah. in the, in the gospel or in the epistle. We go back to the gospel. We see this idea of mission. We go back to the beginning and we see this idea of division. Um, ultimately, we see this pointing to Christ. Mm. He is both the source of the light that we're to abide under and as a result, God exposes our own sin, right? Yeah. But he's also this light and this message that we are to carry. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I th even as you're thinking, of, I was thinking of a friend of mine who's um, who's a missionary in a, in a, a very closed country, very dark, closed country with uh, among unreached people. And I remember having a conversation with him at one point and saying, like, why there? Mm. Right? Yeah. And he said, well, when it came time to, d to really pray through where we would go, because they were, you know, they'd invested in the Oikos here. They were continuing to do so, but felt God calling them um, to do that in a different place. He said, we decided to go where it was the darkest so our light would shine the brightest. Mm. And sometimes I think we're afraid to do that. Yeah. And so what happens is we take our light into a room that's fairly lit and it's not really noticeable. Yeah. And, it, and because it's a scary thing to go into the dark right? yeah. and take a light. And so... There is this idea that we find in scripture that we are to reflect him mm. to others, right? Mm -hmm. That we don't we don't necessarily create the light. Yeah. But we allow what who Christ is, we allow what he is doing in us, we allow the message of the gospel yeah. to shine forth from our lives as we engage in those here 
around us, those in Oikos, right on the front row, and even to the other side of the earth if yeah. we go, if God yeah. calls us to go. And I even love that that role that repentance plays in it. I feel like that is maybe the primary reason why the majority of us don't live in the light mm-hmm. is because, uh, not because we are uh, not wanting to be about what God's about or we don't want to be close to him or whatever it is. We don't want to be exposed. We right. don't want people to see, right? And because we almost think that that, that illegitimizes us as Christians, as believers, right? Because now we're pegged as sinful and messed up. And now that that ruins the witness. But it's actually interesting. John is like really about celebrating coming into the light, Mm -hmm. which involves this repentance because it's the repentance, almost the continued act of repentance by a believer that is communicating and expressing what it's like to be close to God and what it's like to actually live in the light. We think when we think light, we think, well, the only people who are going to live in the light are perfect people. Right. It's like, no, that's not actually how it works. It's this path of a lot of repentance, a lot of seeking forgiveness and finding that in Jesus over and over and over again. And it's that that then is bringing this missional message through my own continued repentance that people are starting to see as I'm even confessing to them saying like, man, I'm sorry. Like I I, I messed up right there and broke relationship here. And that obviously affects my relationship with God. And that is communicating to my front row, to my oikos, that this is not only real for me, but that I actually believe that I found forgiveness. Because if I believe that Jesus did what the Bible says he did for me, then I should be pretty prone to repenting and confessing sin because I know that there's somebody faithful to forgive it. Yeah. And that, that but requires, if I don't, I'm going to hide it. And that requires, I think, two things that we are not fond of. Uh, humility, mm. right, which is seems to be more and more of a rare thing mm-hmm. in our world and culture, um, and submission to mm. God's authority and his yeah. word. Yeah. Which we don't. We don't really want to talk about or do either. Yeah. Because um, it means that we aren't the final say. Mm. And I think most of us wouldn't articulate it that way, like, oh, I'm the boss. But we certainly live that way. Yeah. And so what does it mean then when to live in the light in, in, a, in the culture that we live in? I think it means that many times for us that we would find ourselves in a situation or faced with something um, or even reading something in Scripture, or hearing something that that we would agree with, mm. and then having to check that or sift that through what we find in the Scriptures, yeah, and then ultimately being willing to say, "I'll submit myself to that." Yeah, because the light is objective. I love that what Tom said this weekend that uh, he was talking about a power outage in his house and saying like when the lights came back on, nothing was different in any of the rooms. But what had changed is the light was just revealing what was there. Right. And that was the primary difference is now you could see exactly what was there. And that's kind of the nature of light is now you're just stepping into saying, okay, this is objective. This is objectively, it's almost you go back to that James passage, looking at yourself in a mirror, right? Like it's very similar to that mirror illustration in being in the light. And the interesting thing that I really wrestle with, with this concept of being in the light is the cancel culture that we have, that our culture really has learned from the church Mm -hmm. because we're like the first to do it. And that's... There's a, there's a tension there for me. I know that a lot of people who end up getting canceled in the church world, they get found out or something. They don't come and like confess themselves, um, but their sin gets brought to light somehow. And as it gets brought to light, we cast them out. 
instead of saying like, not celebrating that they sinned, right. but, but maybe celebrating the fact that this has been brought to transparency and now we're gonna pursue forgiveness and healing and restoration with a God who we know is faithful to do that. Yeah. And it just feels, it feels like the way that we operate as a church, not like HDC, but globally as a yeah. church, it's really difficult to live in the light because man, what happens if you're in a, if you're a volunteer in youth ministry and you're like, dude, I've been struggling with this. Like, I don't know who I can tell because I don't want to stop volunteering in youth ministry. I don't want to stop having a role or being involved, but there's all this tension that comes with yeah. it, you know, because there's this fear of being canceled, I guess. Well, I think we're often faced with the choice in, in to reject or to redeem things. Mm. And it feels like as a culture, both inside and outside of the church, we default to reject, right? And, and I think what the scripture would demand of us is that more often than not, we would pursue redemption. Yeah. Now, that's not to say there's not a place to reject. Yeah. I think, I think we can find ample places in scripture where we reject some things. Yeah. But even, even in the sense of, um, like I think of a Matthew 18, mm. right? This idea of, of what does it look like to pursue reconciliation, right? Or, yeah. or you've been something, someone's been wronged. It's it's almost always the goal of redemption in the end, mm. right? And so what does that look like as we wrestle with the tension? If the light is exposing areas in our life, how do we walk in such a way in repentance? Or if if we see it exposing other things, how do we how do we walk in such a way then that we are are we're not just writing things off and rejecting them, mm. but we're allowing that to bring about redemption. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's just so hard because it's easy. The easier thing to do is to reject it. Yeah. It's simple, right? It's, it's just totally dry. Easy. Like you messed up. Like you're not we're part done. of us anymore. You're done. You said that. I don't yeah. agree with that. You're out. Yeah. Or I don't understand where you're coming from. I don't need to. Yeah. You and I disagree on this. We're done. Yeah. I, don't be, if you don't agree. I mean, how many times have you seen somebody post? Yeah. Like in the last two years, right? Yeah. Oh, if you don't agree with this, then you can unfollow me. Yeah. Why? Like, okay, great. Sure. Whatever. I yeah. mean, I don't, you don't have to agree with me on yeah. everything. I don't expect you to agree with me on everything. Yeah. But there are some things. There are open-handed and close-handed issues, right? Yeah. And we have to be able to know what those are. And I think that's where, again, coming back to the idea of submitting to the authority of the, the Word of God in our life and pursuing Christ so that we are walking in the light mm. um, and allowing that then to shape not just the decisions that we make, but our very character mm. and who we are so that so that my life becomes one that lives really uh, out of an overflow of what God is welling up in me yeah. as I'm trying to pursue Him with what I have. Yeah. Acknowledging that, man, I'm not going to always get it right. Mm. You know, uh, or that I am going to wrong people mm. here or there, or you know that I am going to fall short in in what I do. Yeah. But my my hope is found not in my ability. Yeah. To do it perfectly. Not in what I have done. Correct. But, but what, what He has done he has for done. me, in spite of me. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that is the the beauty of should propel our confidence to live totally, in the light, right? Totally to be able to say, do that. I can live in the light, not because. When I live in the light, you're going to see that I nail it every time. But when I mess up, you're going to see his grace. Yeah. You're going to see his strength, right? Like yeah. that's our confidence. And that's actually what brings glory to God mm. now mm. is that we're in the light and we're goofing it. But 
that's bringing him glory because they're like, how does he still get to, how does he still get to minister to people when that happens in his life? And it's like, oh, because of what God has done for him. And I think we're so obsessed with this concept of perfection in our faith because it makes us look really cool. Yeah. But don't you find that it's not really in us? It's just a standard we have for others. Mm, Yeah. Like it, even in our culture, I just think we chase it. Like, like for us, we there's this perception as Christians. Like, if I could just not struggle with oh, X yeah, anymore, sure. then everything would be great. But that the goal or in I mind can't there do X because I know I'm not perfect. Yes, yeah. But then the goal in mind there is now I don't have to be dependent on God. Right. But it's like, what if you just go through life with bloody knees and bruised shins, and you keep struggling? Who looks really cool then? God right. does. Right. right. Like that's kind of the whole point of this life that we live. Yeah. So I think that there's a there there's a, a hesitancy to live in the light because we don't want people to see failure or flaw. But it's like I think that's where Paul says so clearly, that's where God's glorified. Right. Is in my weakness. Yeah. So with that said, what do we do? Like it's it's powerful, I think, to unpack the metaphor of the light. Mm-hmm. What do we do practically to live in the light or to be light bearers to the people around us? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's rocket science, right? I think as to, as with most things with our when it comes to our faith, it, it really comes down just the basics. Mm. We try to overcomplicate it and we want to make everything this really complex system. Um, to me, I think, man, it just starts with being people of the word. Yeah. Let it be objective. Like, let the word wash over you. Mm. Like, read your Bible. Um, Almost always, it feels like, when I'm counseling someone, whether they're struggling with doubt or they're struggling with sin, or whether, when when you ask, like, how often are you reading the Bible? They just not. I mean, they're just not, right? And sometimes that's because we feel guilt or shame when we come to it. Sometimes it's because we struggle to understand it. You know, but don't start in Leviticus, yeah. right? Like, yeah. come on, man, don't do yeah. that. Don't do that. Start in the Gospel of Mark or First John's a great, yeah. great place to start when we're in it right now. Totally. And I always encourage people to read more rather than less. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is, I, I would encourage folks to read. Man, sit down and read like ten chapters. The Bible's chapters are not long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not a long. That's not a long period of time. Yeah. But what I find personally and what I've seen in others is when I'm reading like larger sections, it creates in me a hunger to read more. Mm. And if you don't have the framework of the logic of scripture broken down into, okay, this book, it's referencing back here and here and here. If you don't have that framework that's already built in because you haven't spent a lot of time in the word, then man, when you take that little sliver you're going to be like, this makes no, makes sense, no sense at all. I don't know. Yeah. The, one of the reasons why you may not be able to understand what you're reading is because you're just reading this section. You're taking such a small swath instead of letting, let's just read, let's sit down and read all of First John. It's not going to take very long. It's right. going to take a half hour tops. And that's if I'm really like going over it slowly. And let's look at the, let, instead of saying, what is First John 1 have to say for my life? Yeah. How about what is the entirety of the book of First John? saying about me. Well, now you're going to start seeing a lot of dark and light themes. You're going to see a lot of emphasis on love. And now Mm -hmm. you're pulling out these more general themes. And yeah, at some point later in your journey of reading scripture, you're going to be able to dig a little deeper, but like, dude, that's a win. That's a win that you're pulling out light and dark and you're pulling out 
love and these mm-hmm. different themes like that because now you're starting to piece a framework together, a biblical yeah. framework in your life. I mean, what would what would happen if someone decided, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to read the book of 1 John all the way through every day while we're in this series, right? Mm-hmm. Or for the next month." Yeah. Every day for the, I'm going to read, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read it all the way through. I mean, by the time you get to that month, you're probably quoting most of the first chapter. Yeah. Without even having to give much thought to it. And so I think when we begin to read more and, and things begin to spark, and then what happens is you start to remember other places, mm. right? Like, oh, I think I remember this. Or you see cross-reference if you're in a study Bible. And so you're, you're just, your understanding deepens and broadens because you're reading more. And I do think God uses his word uh, in our lives to kind of expose things yeah. that need to be brought to light, that need to be repentance. And I think he also does it to encourage us. It's living. It's living and active. And yeah. so here we've been given the Word of God, right? This sword, this weapon, if you will, that is living and active. Mm-hmm. It is the most powerful tool in our arsenal. And yet for most Christians, it's collecting dust. And I, I love your X morning devotionals, whatever it is, fill in the blank, but that's dead. That book is, is dead. It's not, it's not living and active. Like, it's an addition it's, to. Yeah, yeah, it's an addition to, but it's not solo. Like it doesn't, you, yeah. you don't just take that and go. I would just, I really, really would encourage folks to read. Yeah. I mean, just. That's a great start. Open it and read. And then out of that, even, so the second thing I would say is, man, as you're reading, pray through it. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so by that, I mean like, um, man, this is what we have seen and heard we declare to you. Maybe take a moment and just say, man, God, thank you. Thank you that you were seen, known, heard, and that I have I'm the ability right now to to read and hear what was declared. Mm. Mm. Help me today, as I go throughout my day, to be mindful of the people you place in my path mm. or those you've put in my oikos so that I can also declare to them what I have seen I like and heard. Yeah. Right? And then go a little step further. In him, you know, is the light, right? Wow, yeah. what does that mean to be in the light? Man, help me today, Father, to walk in the light. And, and not pray in for darkness. understanding in things yes. that you don't understand. Yes, yes. Like that is the first best place to start. I would so much rather ask the Holy Spirit first and yeah. then go to a pastor. Next, 100%. Right? But like ask God first. Like he's yeah. he's got you. you yeah, know? Moses said there's no one who goes to the mountain for you any longer. You have the ability to do that. And so I would say, you know, uh, read the scriptures consistently and yeah. reread and reread and then pray through them like that as you go. I love journaling as well mm. as a huge spiritual discipline. But these are basic things. Be consistent. Man, show up to church. Yeah. Right? Show yeah. up to church. Just keep showing up. And and place yourself in community around folks. Show up to church. Show up to the word. Yeah. Just I be like present. It. Yeah. And then allow God to speak and then listen. Yeah. Right? Like when you feel convicted about something, not condemned. Okay, yeah. Because there's a difference, right? Um, God's God didn't come to condemn. Christ did not come to condemn. Yeah. Uh, that that's the enemy coming in, and the shame and the guilt and the condemnation that we often feel. We confuse mm. conviction for those things, and those are the very things that Jesus came to die for yeah. and to do away with, right? But when we feel conviction, and don't run and hide from that, run to Him, allow what is being exposed by the light to draw you to repentance so that you can be forgiven yeah. and then continue to press on. And honestly, man, I think if we just start there... Yeah, those are basic. Then I think everything else kind of falls in place. Yeah. I mean, we could, there's a million, you know, things Ways. that we could talk yeah. about. But, but what I find is that 
sometimes we're so willing to to want to jump in and do these crazy things. Yeah. But we're not doing the basics. Yeah. Like we're willing to go hire a personal trainer, but we're not going to really worry about what we eat. Yeah. Like yeah. we're not going to take care of the thing that we can control. Yeah. We're going to continue to you know eat whatever we want and then we're going to hope that this personal trainer can fix mm. us or make us make us grow, right? And then the same thing is true in, in the scripture. Sometimes, man, you just got to worry about what you eat. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, man, just be in the Word. Yeah. And let Him transform you from the inside out. Let it be consistent. And then all of a sudden, you're fine. You'll, I think you find yourself just naturally as God begins to work on the inside. Yeah. You're living out what it looks like to walk in the light. Yeah. And it's noticeably different. Mm. That's but good. it's not a choice that we make. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, today I'm going to walk in the light. Well, great. Good for you, and you should. Yeah. But it, it's going to have to be... It's built up it's with built time up. over consistency, yeah. with consistency over time. I also think, too, when it comes to being a light bearer, one of the things we get confused a lot is what kind of light we're bringing. Like, I think we see a lot of people, a lot of Christians today, uh, who take that as, like, I've got my floodlight, and I'm going to go flash people in the eyes who right. are in the darkness because they need to see what the light is to know that they're in the darkness. So I'm just going to go blind people with the light. And um, really, I think that the light that John talks about, when you think about people in darkness, you've got light and darkness. If we're going to be people who are in the light, I had a professor in college one time, he's always encouraged us to preach using pictures because he said pictures communicate a lot more than your words do. And the picture he used when he talked about this was um, a child laying on their bed and a door cracked into the darkness. And he said, that's the light that we bring as believers because the people in darkness are scared and alone and hopeless. And the light that we have is a warm light that cracks through the doorway, not a floodlight mm. that we flash in people's eyes. Yeah. So I think when it comes to how do I bring light to people who are in darkness, let's be a warm light. Let's be a crack in the door, uh, not a floodlight. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes eyes. it means finding them and bringing them out. Yeah. Right, gently. Yeah. Obviously yeah. not dragging them. Yeah. But I think it means that we pursue them. Yeah. And there should be people on your Oikos card who, man, you know that that's, that's what they need is someone mm. to come and meet them where they are. Yeah. And and help walk them. Yeah. Walk them, you know, to Christ. Be a signpost that there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. This isn't the end. It doesn't uh, yeah. have to be. And it's not a perfection thing, right? Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. Don't You don't have to... You don't get in, you don't go clean up before you get in the shower. Like yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah. You know, no, 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 no. That's what the shower does. The yeah. same way Christ is what cleanses us. Don't you don't have to you don't have to get your life right. Yeah. And, and and sometimes, man, sometimes we're so guilty of like it it seems easy to trust Christ with our eternity. Mm. But what we fail to do is trust him with our everyday. Hmm. Like we, we come to him and we pray this prayer of repentance and we place our faith and trust in him and we we trust that our eternity is sealed, right? And that, yeah. he, that part is done. But then we spend our every waking day still trying to measure up. Mm, be enough. You know, yeah. instead of just trusting that, no, the same, the same Savior who saved me for eternity, he has me today. Yeah. He has me today. Because we try to build our confidence off of what we can do. Right. right. Yeah. It starts with what we can do because what we do determines who we are. That's yeah. how we think. Uh, and then who we are determines who we belong to, what we belong to. Right. Yeah. But instead, the Bible says, no, it actually starts with what God has done. That determines who you belong to. 
right. and who you belong to determines who you are and who you are determines what you do. Yeah. What you do flows naturally out yeah. of who you are. Yeah. And then you're living confident because you're living, you're, the basis of all of that starts with what God has done, right. which is consistent as ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, thanks, man, for being on Tangible Takeaways. Uh, Hopefully this was an encouraging conversation for you uh, there in uh, whatever context you're in. And as always, if this is uh, maybe great to share with somebody, uh, but then you can also uh, like and comment maybe a tangible takeaway that you have from Pastor Tom's message this weekend, uh, and even uh, subscribe so that you can get future videos like this. But uh, this is Tangible Takeaways, episode nine, finish out the single digits. Yes, and we are on to double digits next week. We'll see you next time.